0: Welcome to Not A Real Artist, a podcast by me, Iris Fritchie-Cousins, and me, Tamara Sagadevan, discussing relatable creative topics with honesty and humor. It is time for episode five, Social Media Sucks, or Does It? Join us as we explore the ups and downs of being an artist on social media. We hope you enjoy the podcast. You're sitting, you're scrolling, you're double tapping, you're liking, you're sharing. What are you absorbing? Social media sucks. Change my mind, Iris.
1: Well, I was actually going to start by saying I love social media. <laughs> like, I ha- well, I mean, the more honest thing to say would be to say that I have a love-hate relationship with it. But uh, at the heart of it, I actually love social media. And I want to have a clickbaity title because I want people to listen to this and I want people to feel like, yeah, they're going to discuss something that I, like, feel strongly about but then at the same time I don't want this to become some kind of ranty episode where we just go like oh it sucks like it's bad I wanted to start out by saying I love social media um and I I guess I love maybe it's a nostalgic view I I have to say like maybe the the view that I have of social media isn't what it is to me now but it is like rose-tinted glasses nostalgic what it used to be Mm -hmm. um and also um, what it can be like maybe the promise of social media so and and in a way that is both the beautiful thing about social media and it is also the death trap that social media is especially for us as like artists small business people people who mainly people who do things by themselves just one person not a team so what about you do you do you secretly love social media no <laughs>
0: so you get get ready for a rant of your life no um i i do think there are good portions to social media and i can i think there's just two in my mind and okay three four whatever but the first thing i think of immediately is community which is something um i would not have if i did not have social media because i stay alone here um well whatever, you know what I mean, right? There's no artists that I actually know physically in Poland. So it's made, it's connected me with a lot of cool people, not just um, you, yourself and other artists, but also people who want to learn from artists. And I would not have that without social media. So I love that aspect of it. But I don't know if it's just particular to social media. I also feel like we could have met um, on a blog, which I guess is a form of social media, or we could have emailed each other. So that connection part, it definitely does make easier. Um, I like that, but I, <laughs> I find it hard to, <laughs> to like the rest. The idea the idea of what it could be, I love that, and yeah. it's great. And But I also feel like it's kind of like a carrot and stick. I feel like we've been promised so much, and we're hoping for so much, and I just don't feel very hopeful that this a golden age of goodness in social media is going to come. Maybe I don't have a lot of faith in people and and tech companies. Um, if I can ask you, what is, when you say this golden age, or, or you didn't say that, I said it, but when you say the hope of what it could be, what are you hoping it could be versus what it is now?
1: Well, it's more like the promise or uh, that... Um companies tend to make to you as if like your target market is out there like the people that you're trying to reach are out there and this is the flat platform the platform no the platform that's going to help you do that um you know YouTube Instagram Facebook um, you as an artist as someone with a voice with something to share is going to go onto this platform and you're going to connect to exactly the right people and that's what it is in theory and that is what in practice I find very difficult um, and that is the thing that makes me go social media sucks because it's having this kind of promise or goal in front of you and always falling slightly short of it and thinking, kind of puzzling to yourself and saying like, What is it that I'm doing wrong? Why, you know, where are my people? Why is my stuff not being shown? Why does that person get like a thousand likes and, you know, 10,000 followers? And why don't I? Partly, there are things that I could say that would justify it. And partly, it's also a complete mystery to me. And I think it's that uncertainty and that you never really know what game you're playing. Uh, it's mm. that aspect of social media that makes me feel very depressed, and it's that social that aspect also that makes you keep pouring things into it, keep trying things, keep scrolling or posting or trying to find the right hashtags. I know I'm like pouring a lot of things into this right now. Like it's it's very multifaceted, but like it, it's that it's that unknown that like you don't know what the game plan is and how to achieve what you want to achieve. And then it keeps you coming back for more rather than saying like, oh, hey, this isn't working for me. Never mind. It's the fact that you feel like you need it. Because like you said, when you are by yourself, you don't have a necessarily a kind of a community, a, 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 an offline community uh, around you. Then it is pretty much the only way of reaching people that are outside of your immediate vicinity so it's kind of like it's a it's what is it a catch-22 isn't it or as my old
0: boss used to say catch-22 plus two i don't know why he used to say that please just edit that out
1: Um, <laughs> no, because maybe somebody will like write to us and say like, well, no, I know what that means. And they're going to explain it to me. So, uh, or to us and I will leave it in. I, I do want to say
0: you mentioned YouTube and that actually made a little spike in my heart because I love YouTube. So that's social media. And I do like YouTube.
1: Do you like YouTube as a consumer or do you like YouTube as a creator or both? Tell me a bit about that. Both.
0: And here's why I, for me, YouTube was pivotal to my education, um, which is another thing of, of social media. The other part is I don't feel that, so when you're talking about, you don't know what to put out and it's unknown, uh, I think, and I really didn't want to say this word, but the algorithm, we're talking about the algorithm and what that wants. And also plus the, the audience, we can't predict, and nobody has given us the, the formula, yeah, we just get um, people who tell us, content creator, directors who tell us, oh, do this now, do this now, blah, blah, blah. Jeez, my my brain went too fast for my mouth. So um, when it comes to, to YouTube, I feel that everything I do has more longevity than an Instagram profile. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yes, longevity. That's a big yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: So like Instagram, your post exists until somebody scrolls past it. But with YouTube, somebody is forced to engage. They're either forced to listen, forced to watch. Or forced to decide this is a waste of my time. And you don't have to like and you don't have to comment. But I feel that when somebody does take the time to actually do that, it is so much more meaningful to me as a creator and as a person who consumes because it takes my time to do that. And if if I can, to <laughs> dear listener, if, if I can ask you a few questions and I don't want to ask you directly Iris because you could just blow my theory out of the water but you can answer if you want like what's the last Facebook post you interacted with or Instagram post like even maybe a YouTube video that you that you watched can you remember can you remember how you interacted with it or did you just scroll in and double tap and all that stuff when I'm a what am I again a creator when I see um, somebody has either scrolled past or just liked it and not interacted with it or only 20 people interacted with it. Unfortunately, this is not for me personally. It used to be. It either validates me or influences me in some way, shape or form. But can you imagine that type of unconscious behavior of swiping, scrolling, double tapping is actually guiding you. And when I think about that and I think about how like the algorithm is based on these things. Like, do I really want that shit guiding me when when I do stuff? And I feel that YouTube definitely does have an algorithm, obviously. But I feel it's just less easy to just double tap and fuck off. So <laughs> that's why I like YouTube.
1: It's it's also it's how a person interacts with an app like that. Like I go to YouTube because, well, there's two reasons that I go to YouTube or maybe three. The The first one is that I have got a question that I need answering. I'm using YouTube as a way of someone explaining something to me. Like I need to understand, like, how do I do this one particular thing in Premiere Pro? Someone's going to, answer that question for me i'm probably only going to watch 30 seconds of a six minute video i've got the answer thanks bye i will hopefully for that person remember to press the thumbs up button but i'm not going to subscribe i'm not interested in that person i'm only really interested in having my answer my the question no the answer to my question so that's one way the second way is i am there because i want to watch videos by people that i've subscribed to so there are people that i'm interested in or i'm interested in their content And I'm going to spend definitely a little bit of time, however long their videos are, uh, you know, crossed with however long. Uh, of a period of time I have to spend in my life at that point in time to watch YouTube. Um, So that is the main reason that I find myself on YouTube. Um, And then the third reason is if I want to discover new things, like I might have some free time and I'm like, okay, I just want to be inspired, show me some new things, um, you know, and then I'll browse things where it's like recommended to me or, you know, things that come up in the sidebar when you're watching something that you like something. Oh, and I also, I do watch Minecraft videos a lot as well. So like, don't judge me for that, but that's kind of a separate category. Like this second category is the most is where I spend most of my time. And I don't know if I'm a typical YouTube user, but I would imagine that most people kind of like me on YouTube would use it in a similar way. You're there Mm -hmm. and you want to invest some time. Whereas however much time we spend scrolling on Instagram, whether in practice that is hours a day, it could be the kind of the the way that you are doing that is still always kind of like a short-term scrolly thing. You're not going to sit and watch something that takes a long time, that is a time investment, that is an attention investment even. So I do think that the way we interact with these two different social media platforms are actually really different. And I think that also Uh, contributes to what you were saying earlier about the longevity of the piece of media that you are putting out there as a creator because nothing is as soul-destroying to me as putting out a piece of content and it just disappears into the ether forever I mean sure it still exists but I created a really awesome if I can say so myself video the other the other week for a Uh, get messy for messy may and i put a lot of effort into it Uh, it took me about a day to create this video it was about a three minute long video really dynamic really well edited set to music fun it did really well and i was so pleased with how well it did but now that that day had or like the two or three days in which it was you know being watched and popular and being consumed those it it did really well for those three days but now it's kind of disappeared into the ether i don't think anybody is going to like go back to that and, and and watch it whereas on my youtube channel i feel like i'm building like a repository of you know whatever the content is that i put out there like art videos that people can go back to you know that technique that i taught six years ago or whether i taught it last week it's still relevant you know you can still get something out of it my vlogs obviously are a bit more like a specific moment in time but they tell a story over the course of several years if you wanted to go back to it. And, you know, I've done that. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Bybun Roxanne Koble's vlogs. And when I discovered her vlogs, I went back to like the very first one and watched all of them because I was like, I need to watch all of them. I need to know about this person. Give me all the Roxanne Koble content, you know? So, yeah, it makes me feel so much more positive um, about the content I put on YouTube versus the content that I put on Instagram.
0: So I've got a number of things to say to you, Iris, so strap in.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs>
0: the first one is, I've actually, I've, I've got a picture on my phone that I found very quickly. So well done to Tamara. And it's by someone called Inspired to Write. And it's about... Oh, yeah, I love her. She's great. Okay, so you probably know this one. It's Your creations should have a longer lifespan than the 12-ish hours Instagram allows reshare your art. Don't be zuckerfucked into thinking your creations are only valuable when they're new. We want to witness you over and over again. So when it comes to that video you made, which I don't think I saw, and I would love to see it, I, I hope that you share this again, because your content should have a longer lifespan. And just reshare share the shit that you've made, because it's good shit.
1: Yeah, and I do notice that that person that you just mentioned, uh, she she reshares her stuff, and I see other people doing it too. And it's like, oh, I never saw that. Oh, I'm so you know, like I don't, like when it, when it's an artist that I follow, and I'm either interested in their art itself or in their kind of like art lifestyle sharing or whatever. If I have already seen it, I'll scroll past. It's no skin off my nose. If I haven't seen it, I'll be grateful. I'll be like, oh gosh, I never saw that. Or like, I won't even think I'll never saw that because I'm just seeing it then for the first time. And that's what makes it relevant. It's not like it's got a big sign on it, like going like, this was 12 years ago. It is no longer relevant. It's most likely still relevant.
0: Again, we need to examine where this this came from, You know that we need to be posting new content all the time, three times a day.
1: Well, it's the algorithm. It's that that's the that's the thing that I guess I was alluding to um at the start, which is that I both love and hate social media. And the thing that I hate is that the way that the system makes you or makes you think you need to act in a certain way in order to be shown to your people you need to post in this way at these times this frequency with these hashtags or with this type of content don't do this don't do this do do this do this but that is not the um like the human aspect of it
0: uh, and I'm quite cynical here I don't know how much of it actually is the algorithm though because I always get these mails the algorithm is changing and I'm just like, is it really, and maybe it is, but also I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. And I think if if we all just behaved differently, so I post when I want, when I don't want, and it's not good for me. I've probably had the same amounts of followers. And when I say not good for me, I mean in terms of metrics, right? Not for me as a human. But... It is so much easier for me to do that than to actually think. Oh, I'm working now. I need to take a little clip of what I'm doing, and I and I know it, it's practice. And if you're running a business, you should probably do it. I, I know all of that, but sometimes for me as a person, and I think for the type of person I am, it's difficult.
1: Okay, so I think I have three. I have three things that that makes me think of. One is like, as a person, you should always do what works for you. Like you know, if you cannot post at the right time, then post at the right time for you because that is the right time. Um, And I'm sure that Inspire to Write would ag- agree with that. If you've posted and if you've done something, that's better than if you haven't done something. Like, don't wait for the perfect moment and then never do it. Just do it when you can. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I think that algorithms are based on real human behavior. So the algorithm, it's not that the algorithm wants to make us into different people. It's the algorithm just follows the lowest hanging fruit so the the algorithm wants to keep you on the app it wants you to consume more media because the thing is you, you remember that saying or maybe do you know that saying like if if you don't pay for something then you are the product so when we are on instagram and we are not paying for this service or facebook or whatever we are the product so That means that you need to stay longer. That's what they want you to do. You need to scroll more. You need to tap more. So the algorithm is going to serve you the content that is going to make you last longer on the app. And you have to be quite careful what you interact with, therefore, because some stuff is much more easily consumed than what you actually think you are on the app for. So I have to be very careful not to start scrolling and liking cat videos because before long my whole Instagram will just be cat reels instead of deep raw meaningful art that I am actually on there to see and then there was a third kind of minor thing which is what I've discovered is like I noticed that Instagram recently shows me a lot of videos like reels and stuff like that and I don't like that I am there for uh, picture still media because that is what I want to see I don't want to see moving media particularly i want to see people's paintings that i can look at and can notice can spend a little bit of time you know looking at so and i noticed it kept sending me more videos and stuff i was like i don't like this so i have found a way to kind of like quote-unquote train my personal algorithm of what it serves me and that is by i scroll and then when i see a still post i will spend some seconds or a bit longer Uh, looking at it. And then I will scroll past. And then every time I see a video, I will just scroll past it, scroll past it, not interact with it, not stop on it or anything. And then at a certain point, it understands what I'm doing. And it says, Oh, Iris wants to see still posts. And then it starts giving me more of that. But it's, it's, you know, it's annoying, because I can tell that the app wants me to consume Reels. That's what it wants me to do.
0: Well, you made a really good point before about how Instagram is actually designed. It's not there for you to spend loads of time on a single post, though I do feel that um, very thoughtful, well-written captions, I love those on Instagram. I like
1: reading them. But you're quite unique, probably. In I don't think so. No, but statistically, you are unique. Maybe th- there's, there's still going to be thousands, probably tens of thousands of people like you who also like reading captions, but statistically, you are unique.
0: If you're looking for like a pickup line, that's something you should use in a bar. Statistically, you're unique. I um, mean, that would get me going. Or um, I I feel that you hit the nail on the head about the type of actual platform it is. But and also, we see even YouTube um, having this. It's it's more like like TikTok, yeah. It's all these reels and videos. So as much as I agree with the the, the idea of the platform, it is now changing to and yes you can tra- train your algorithm I and mean, i do believe that what you say is right but i do believe not all of us have that consciousness and awareness when we're in scrolling mode oh yeah you actually decide oh my god i'm not gonna watch this fifth reel of a puppy that's my thing puppies and i have videos about palestine for some reason so uh <laughs> that's that part there like really like gets my goat that um, I can, I don't have TikTok. I, I, every time I, I get TikTok for something, I uninstall it because mm. I cannot trust myself. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instagram and YouTube has the same effect now with these shorts. And when you say like the algorithm is not designed to like be our enemy or, 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 or however you said it. And I'm going to just let me put my tinfoil hat on give me a second. I feel that you're right, but it's still designed by humans. And that means, I don't know if you've ever read this book, 10 arguments or 10 reasons to whatever to delete your social media. And it's from a guy that worked or works in Silicon Valley. And he explains how they're designed for, to basically get you addicted. And I think things like these just naturally upset me as a person, the type of beliefs I have. And that's why I feel, yes, the algorithm is not bad, but it was designed to, as you said, keep me on there as long as possible. And I don't I don't see or think or know how any person could think from a human point of view that this is good. From a money point of view, yeah, sure, awesome. Um, and I don't, that's why I, I just kind of have... I think negative feelings towards any like algorithm talk or people who design the algorithm. I just really.
1: Yeah. Like the corporate, the kind of the corporate money company side of it is dark. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely is. Yeah. I agree with you.
0: (laughs) Well tanned. (laughs) Um, I also think that my, like the community we're a part of, uh, again, what, what do we call it? Whimsical, whimsical fucks. (laughs) um we're generally not negative people but i see that and it's not about it's like the other way in this community it's more like sometimes like toxically positive yeah and i feel like social media either it's so polarizing you either just see jerks all the time or you see people who are jerkish in their toxic positivity oh my mom just died oh well you know at least she's not in pain anymore Okay, thanks for that. I I didn't think of that five seconds after it happened.
1: Um, I said, mom, I meant dad. Sorry, mom. I thought you were just giving an example, but yes, okay.
0: <laughs> I just feel there's all of these, these things that it's so new. And we still, I don't think we've fully seen the effects yet of like how it affects us as people. But I think that really is one of it. Like I have said some really dickish things on the internet that I would never do in person. And I think it really gave me that ability. And I know we're talking about art in social media, but it's also about the critique you get on art, right? Like, oh, this is derivative. Derivative of what? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, please promote this on art. You know what, dude? I could have done without it. And I feel it's so much easier for those people to do that, whether they're bots, I don't know. Yeah,
1: they are bots. Those those (laughs) ones are bots.
0: But it's just like somebody created that bot, yeah? With the idea in mind that some hopeful artist is going to put it and somebody's going to comment about that and i find those comments so <sighs> i have no word for it just an outward sigh yeah they I affect feel, you yeah i feel like as i'm talking and i can feel my my shoulders like tensing, tensing up so i need to just breathe a little bit
1: <sighs> let me just just an editor's note tamara just switched off her microphone did a really big sigh and then switched on her microphone again <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about, um, can you have a healthy relationship with social media? Because it's so it's so obvious that uh, with this pressure, with the kind of like the dark side of the corporate side, um, it's so easy and the, the addiction thing, it's so easy to have an unhealthy relationship with mm-hmm. social media. I don't think that we have to list all the ways in which social media can be unhealthy because I think people are very aware. So What about having a more healthy relationship with social media? How can we cultivate that? Does it exist?
0: My my seven-year-old inside me is like, I don't know, you tell me.
1: Um, (laughs) I mean, I will. You know that I always have opinions about everything, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to hear what you've got to say.
0: (laughs) Between you and I, because you were with only two people in this room, I think you definitely most probably have the healthier relationship because as much as I... Bulk against it, or I don't do things, sometimes it's more of an, it's more an act of rebellion than it is an act of choice, This is who I am. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, um, when it comes to that, I I don't think I have the healthier relationship out of the two of us with social media. However, things that have helped me be healthier than what I used to be. And I think I've told you this before, I was so convinced that all the people following me on Instagram were like, totally invested in me, and I should be totally invested in them. I had an Excel spreadsheet of every single user and I would make sure that I would interact and I had a small, and I was like 300 and something people. I would interact with 30 a day at, at these times because I needed those people to know that I appreciated them. Meanwhile, they did not even, not all of them, but I would say a good 70% don't care. Um, and that's just what it is, yeah? So now I don't do that. But what helped me to be slightly healthier is I kind of remove the pressure of metrics, um, especially with YouTube, which is something I enjoyed. So instead of saying, oh, I need to have, I don't know, a thousand views, (laughs) (laughs) hasn't happened. Um, I just say, I need to have maybe 10 views and I would like to have one comment that's just actually like authentic in terms of, hey, Tamara, this made sense. Um, Not just, hey, Tam from my brother, you're the best. I love you, hearts and kisses. Um so that's kind of my thing. I have
1: a new metric. You've got your own metric for meaning. Or yeah.
0: And for Instagram posts, I don't have any metric whatsoever. I if people message me, I think that's a little bit more meaningful, or if somebody puts like a proper comment in the actual post. Otherwise, whether they like it or not, or put some yellow hearts in it or not, it's not um, that impactful or meaningful to
1: me. I appreciate it. So you're basically saying define your own metrics for satisfaction or success um, in terms of what you get out of your social media. So rather than letting the success be determined by how many likes you got or like how widely it got shown, which is pretty much all out of your hands, um, define what what it is that you want out of it and I think that's you know that's really nice because that way um it really puts at the forefront more meaningful connection like you said it's like you know I I get so uh, bamboozled sometimes by what I want in terms of metrics um and then when you don't get that it can be disappointing. But really, when I think about it, at the end of the day, having someone comment on my vlog saying, Oh my god, you talked exactly what's inside my head, but what I feel like I can't articulate. I'm like, wow, that is such an honor. That's such a meaningful comment to have been able to touch someone like that. So it's like, that is where the meaning is, but it's still very difficult to navigate because obviously we know that we know as people, what is meaningful and what is important. And we know that metrics as in like thousands of likes and whatever, we know that that's not important, but still the little kids in us, the little unloved kid or whatever, still wants to feel you know accepted and maybe when we get to x amount of likes or x amount of followers that's when we will feel you know accepted or loved or okay and it's very difficult to separate you know the more adult thinking and the little the little kid thinking you know okay that's awesome.
0: us <laughs> i I don't know and, and this is where I get worried when I talk to you because I don't know if I've not explored it deeply enough or if I'm just like a unaware person or if I just lead such a shallow life. But like for me it's I think it's more about reputation. Uh when I get likes and, and stuff like that. I don't think it's it is validation of course, but for me it's more like I have some reputation in the world, uh in the art world or something. You know, for five thousand people, <laughs> not something I ever got uh like my <laughs> like my my lesson, okay that gives me like it builds reputation, it's not so much validation in my teaching, although it is a part of it and when you say that it's like acceptance as a kid or whatever, maybe it comes from feeling accepted as a kid um and I'm not saying I didn't have any difficult experiences. I'm just trying to like mull this over maybe if I post something about body you know like physical
1: no but like obviously our yeah our experiences I guess in life and where we come from and like the wounds of childhood or whatever or of life that we're trying to heal are very different so like but but for me it's very clear that for me there's a need for validation and for love and you know, for a long time, I wasn't aware of that. And then there's this big discrepancy between like, oh, gosh, you know, like where you you correlate your self-worth with how well you're posted on social media or how big your audience is or how popular or whatever. And, you know, that's that's not going to be the same for everyone, because some people do not have that hang up. And it's lucky, you know, if you don't have that hang up, that's really lucky for you. It's like you you need to explore what it's like for you rather than you know, if I suggest something and you're like, oh, yeah, it's like that for me, then that might strike a chord. But maybe you're like, no, it's not like that for me. Um, and then it's yeah, just, okay. it's not that you haven't thought deeply enough. It's just that that's not a trigger yeah, for you.
0: but it might be. So, it like, might don't, be. <laughs> yeah, don't like just like you spend a lot of time. I was going to say, you spend a lot of time in therapy, but you you do. you have. Therapy. I do spend
1: a lot of time in therapy, yes. <laughs> yeah, but you know
0: what I mean. It's not like a backhanded thing that I'm saying. And you spend a lot of time thinking. And I think you've had more practice at it than I have. That is why I don't like to just take something you've said and say, oh, it's not like that for me. I like to think about why it's not like that for me. So just always, that's, that's what I would say. Don't just...
1: When I observe how you are with social media, and a funny thing is like... Um, The time it takes you sometimes to read or reply to my Instagram DMs that's going to be my example (coughs) that shows me that you do not check that app as obsessively as I do. You do not, you're not like, Oh, oh, it's a message, oh, it's a message, oh, validation, oh, somebody wants me, you know. So,
0: well, I again, this horrible, one horrible and wonderful corporate career I had just emails, all notifications on my phone. I cannot stand it. I feel like it's just a, I feel like they are stealers, that's not the word, thieves. They are thieves of my time. That's how I feel. And because I feel that way, I switch everything off. Um, sometimes I um, lose my phone for a few days because the sound is also off. So, well, it hasn't happened in a long time, but whatever. And I, I do feel guilty. And I'm going to be honest about that because I do feel like a pressure to be consistent, especially if I want to build something and I want to build a business, but I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that I need to be consistent and have an audience on social media to be successful. And the theme of all of our podcasts seems to be like define stuff for yourself. I haven't got to that point yet where I have defined it. And I think that's why I'm still comfortable not being there and being there. But a good example is today I feel slightly guilty about social media because some lesson is coming out that I'm a part of, and I feel like I've done bad by the teacher who's allowed me to be on her course, because I don't have a big social media following, and I haven't been promoting, and now I'm going to be like, hey, I'm doing a painting here, come by, and people are going to be like, oh my god, this person, and I mean, that's not what I'm going to be saying, but that's my thoughts, so I have a little bit of that today, but I know tomorrow I'm going to be like, oh, there's like five DMs, I'll just read it later, and by the way, if I don't answer your DM like quickly, it means I'm very comfortable with you as a person. Um,
1: my best relationships are that way. That's excellent. I love hearing that. <laughs> and yeah, so what you've said uh, is my policy as well. And I'd say that like that's my 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 biggest tip for. Uh, healthy social media, and I don't even. Sometimes I don't even realize that this is something special to do because I always think like, "Oh, everybody's like this," but no, I have no notifications from any social media platform on my phone. If somebody comments on my on my Facebook, if somebody comments or likes on my Instagram, I do not know it until I physically choose to open the app, and it really. I still feel like I use social media too much. I still feel like it pushes my validation buttons, but but I do realize that I have this small kind of self-care barrier that I have put in and that barrier is at the start rather than somewhere in the middle. And I feel like that really helps me because it's like I choose insofar as any of us choose anything. I choose when I open that app.
0: Okay which is which is I think just what all of us want right we want to have a choice I think it's a part of the human condition as mm-hmm. soon as you take away our choice that's when that's when we're going to get angry Mhm yeah I also wanted to say cuz I often feel in these in these podcasts that I come across as quite judgy and I am a judge I'm a big judge but <laughs> I am also a person that's incredibly excited about every little thing. And sometimes I think it's because I'm new in this world, but that's not the truth. I've just been an incredibly excited kid and it's not going to change. When I get a hundred, when I got a hundred followers, we were excited in this house and we were excited in South Africa. And it will always be like that for every hundred or 50 that I reach. I know my, my team. we're all going to be excited and screaming because it's exciting. I got a hundred subscribers on YouTube I'm sending the very nice person who was my 100th subscriber a pack of stickers. I probably don't need to, but I am so damn excited. And if that's you, that's also okay, right? It's okay to be excited if you put your notifications on to, to see who your 100th subscriber is.
1: Oh, yeah. It's more like... But it's, it's... more
0: about your daily usage, you know? John yeah. said, oh my... Yeah,
1: and actually, I think that's an, that's an important point that you're making, which is that just because... I'm saying here, like, you know, make choices and try and define the metrics that are important to you. You can't separate that from these other metrics that are also important because we're just humans. We're just, you know, we're influenced by things and getting your hundredth or thousandth or ten thousandth subscriber is a big deal. And I think that, like, you can you can definitely celebrate that. It's just about not letting it run your life. Yes, because then also, if that is all there is, if, if getting the next subscriber and the next subscriber is all there is, then when you do get to 10,000 or whatever significant number, it will feel hollow. Whereas if that's not all there is, and there's also all the other things, then when you do get there, it's going to be a really amazing reward or a cherry on the cupcake or whatever. <laughs> you know, I think...
0: I, I, I just wanted to shout when you were busy there, stop, follow for follow. Has anybody oh, ever mess- message you follow for follow?
1: I, for a while, it was a trend for a while, but I don't get them right now anymore. But like, yeah, I don't. I didn't know what the person was talking about. And I was
0: like, follow for follow. And then the person messaged me and they said, I'm following you. Why aren't you following me? And I was like, listen, little Rick, you look like you're <laughs> 11 years old. And you're posting pictures of like, I don't know what it was. I don't even yeah. know. Like, what do you want?
1: that's that's one of the things that i did a while back maybe a few years back that really uh, changed how i felt about social media as well i decided to stop following people because i felt like i had to mm. and i now only exclusively follow people that i want to follow that might be for different reasons like it's not a specifically like rigid rule of like i only follow people whose art i like you know sometimes i follow people because i like them as a person and i want to hear what they've got to say even though their art isn't necessarily the type of art that i connect with sometimes i follow people because i met them in real life um, and i want to support them and i just want to see what they're up to again their art might not be the art that i normally look at and then there are other people who I follow specifically because I love their art. Uh, but it's up to me rather than that feeling of like, oh, I must follow you because you followed me. Yeah. I must follow you to retain you as a follower. Uh, I must follow you because I need to validate you somehow. Kind of, I've cut all of that away. Uh, and it, it it was difficult at first. That made me feel guilty, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, especially when you've got really loyal followers and they follow you and you're like, well, I don't really want to. F- I appreciate you, but I don't really want to follow you because I'm curating my own feed for my own inspiration. Yeah, so there's a bit of guilt involved, but I think that the uh, in the end, like the the energy balance is much better because. You know, you follow the people that you definitely want to see show up in your feed, and they follow the people that they definitely want to sh- see show up in their feed. And it doesn't have to always be like a like for like exchange because yes. the kind of the, you know, it's a like it's more like a pay it forward kind of mm-hmm. thing so that we can all be free to curate our feed in such a way that it makes us happy and it serves us.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know if we should make that a sound, sound bites, or like maybe just definitely in the key takeaways because that's just a sound. And succinct way to put it. And you helped me with that understanding that I didn't have to feel guilty um, and follow the people who are following me because to me it's just guilt. And then also, do you really think you're that important? Do you really think that following somebody
1: else? Yeah. Is make that <laughs> um, oh, it, uh, it did for me when certain people followed me. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah, for sure. Like when Jane Davenport started following me, I was like, oh my God, I've made it. I've made it. I need to lie down. <laughs>
0: yes. Tamara Laporte. Wait, wait, wait. I know she follows you so don't like steal my thunder here but yeah but she follows me because she's my friend <laughs> well she's she started following me and I looked at this and I thought oh shit her account's been hacked so I sent her a message and I said no, what is it? <laughs> and she was like no silly I just really like your art and I was like what and I obviously screenshotted it um if that's the word but yeah yeah then that, that's different but what I'm saying is um, if Jenny from I don't know Minnesota followed me I don't think she really cares that tomorrow. I really hope there's no Jenny on my Instagram from Minnesota <laughs> Jenny from uh,
1: <laughs> apologies Jenny from Minnesota
0: what um, I was pondering and I don't have the answer yet yeah the, the, the 15 minutes you know how I spent the 15 minutes before this call and it came into my mind why is it that when we're creative that there's like a pressure i feel almost to share
1: yourself with your audience
0: but i don't think anybody else really has this
1: oh this is really interesting but like um i was listening to i don't remember maybe a podcast um recently might have been art juice uh, alice sheridan and the other person's name escapes me Louise Louise Fletcher Fletcher. they were talking about like oh you know sharing your life and like one of them was like oh no it might I don't remember if it was them but it's not actually important for what I'm about to say Mm -hmm. like someone said like okay no I don't feel the need to share my life and like that's just not you know that's not um that's not important and I was like oh what an interesting attitude and I have to say that I do share my life. I share my life very freely on social media, in my vlogs. But that is because it serves me. I don't do that because I feel like I have to. I don't do that because I feel like I must show who Iris is behind the scenes. It's just, to me, it's a really integral part of my creative process. And it's like, sometimes I feel apologetic. Like, I feel like, gosh, I'm like showing all these other things that have nothing to do with my art and like, who's there for that? But it's like, It's what I want to do. It's what I need to do in order to make it work for me. And it's kind of like what you said about like you post on your social media when you can rather than when it's, you know, when it's the right time. And I think that is you know, you can find so much advice out there of how you should do things. You should do this much and uh, post it this time and share this type of content, but not this type of content and a little bit of that type of content, but not too much. And it's like, you will go crazy trying to follow all the rules and trying to do it right. When really the only person who, you know, can say what is right is you yourself yes. because it's, it's, it's governed by how you feel. And so to me, it feels right to share my life and to other people, it doesn't. And that's that, that should be okay.
0: Yeah, I first of all, I love watching you ride your bicycle, who put your hat and... Fold my laundry. I don't agree with the way you fold your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I watch it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the best method is to ball everything up and shove it in the cupboard. Uh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. But with me, I also share because I think that I need that connection. I I do crave connection in terms of mm. other people. But somebody messaged me and they said I don't have the courage or the internet is a really scary place. And I and I thought I wish it wasn't that way for this person. But also, you don't have to share in order to 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 be successful. But I do feel that there is some of this kind of like teachers um in in our area as well that there is some kind of pressure to share yourself with the audience or, or with your students in order to be I don't know maybe it's just my own thing that I made up and that's why I thought about it while I was making other things 15 minutes before this podcast
1: I was having a poo dear listeners that's what tomorrow was doing you've just like made my mind go blank I'm you- sorry I was
0: saying about like pressure <laughs>
1: Because I kept on saying 15 minutes before and
0: I know there must be somebody that's saying, what happened 15 minutes before? I thought we
1: were going to, I thought we were just going to like leave it a mystery and like that was going to be the mystery of this podcast. Um, It was about pressure to to somehow share yourself with your students. Oh, yeah. I think everybody is themselves in whatever they do. And, you know, like some people want to share more, but, you know, like whatever, when somebody wants to learn from you. They want to learn from you. And it doesn't matter whether you share how you fold your laundry you still have your own way of teaching art and if somebody wants to learn from you they'll want to learn from you in however way that you show up because you can't separate yourself you know you're not a robot you you Mm. you can't separate yourself and who you are from what you do really so that it's always going to have that flavor of you-ness in whatever it is that you do Uh, in the same way that everybody can draw an apple and everybody's going to draw it differently so I, I think that we always have a stamp of our own personality on however we teach or what we do or what we put out in the the world and however much extra of our personality we want to put in there in terms of like what we share about our lives I don't think it's actually that important
0: that's a very good insight but just I want to say thank you that's a very good insight you're
1: welcome what you were saying and the person who messaged you made me also think about can we just touch upon negativity on social media as in like I don't just mean like general negativity because like that's easy to find I mean that specific fear of um, negative comments I I mean have you had any bad uh, comments that really made you um, that really shook you or that really made you feel upset like and how do you deal with that
0: I don't know if I'm too small um, to have experienced that I don't know the larger your audience maybe the more likely you are to come up against uh, negative things. But I have had negative comments, but not from strangers, if that makes sense. More about people who want to police the way I talk and the way I look and what I do in social media. And how I've dealt with it is the same way I deal with lots of things. And I think I'm just in this phase of I do what I want when I like. And I, it's just such a petulant a way to be, but I love it. And it's just like... I, I have a big thing. I'm worried on social media and I'm not putting it out there so it happens. I'm just saying that somebody's going to come at me for the color of my skin, uh, the way that I talk and the way that I look. Those are my three things that I'm like quite prepared for. But the color of my skin is never going to change, yo. The way I talk is just going to progressively get worse when I go back to South Africa. It's probably going to hit new lows. And... I am always going to look this way. In fact, I might also get worse with age, or better. Who knows? It depends what you like. And when I realized those things, I'm like, it's never going to change. I didn't want to make videos because I was so scared. Also, that like people were going to see that I'm fat, and they were going to be like, oh god, you're another fat, lazy person, on the internet. And I'm like, but I am always going to be fat and lazy. So like, I'm just going to do it. I don't care. I'm not lazy, by the way. I run five kilometers a day. <laughs> So if that's a joke, if if Iris's laughter doesn't like set you off and give you a hint that that's a lie, then I don't know what to say. So that's kind of how I've dealt with it. But I do want to say is I reached out to another artist about um, this course that I'm teaching on next year that's going to expose me to a lot of people. And she does similar art to, to what I do. Am I allowed to say her name? Holly McLaughlin? McLaughlin? I think that's how you say it. Um and her art's slightly weird and, and dark sometimes, although I didn't see it that way. I just saw it as weird and cool. And she expressed some 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 comments and feedback that she got. She was very, very good about the whole thing. But I thought, geez, am I ready for this? I and mean, then I was like, Yes, I am, because this is what I want to do. And if you're gonna come at me with that energy, whether it's well-meaning or not, it's I'm either gonna receive it or I'm just not gonna care. So that's kind of my policy right now. But with you, um, I think I have seen you have a negative comment, which was not about your art. It was about the cry cuts.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, I, did, I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't read all of those comments because that was like one of my very few viral videos. And it was like, not even about my art. And I got so many comments that I stopped reading them, especially because quite a few of them were negative. It, it so. wasn't
0: like, it. it, it wasn't, I, I'm not saying, oh, there were so many negative comments about you, Iris. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I, I I was surprised. Because to me, this wasn't a negative video at all. It was just, yeah. it was a
1: factual video. I know, people see what they, yeah, people say, see what they want to see. And they will react to what they want to react. I've noticed with negative comments, is that they are often character assassinations. Which should no. count for nothing. Because, you know... Like, why are you watching my art instruction video and then feel the need to, you know, assassinate my character? That has nothing, it just hasn't really got anything to do with me.
0: Well, m- my my question is, is just a bounce back of yours. Like, how do you deal with negativity on social media or what forms does it take
1: for you there's a there's a couple of different ways that people can be negative and I feel like some of them stick and some of them don't stick so there are certain ways that people can be critical or negative that don't really find a home in my heart because I can just laugh it off or I can just shrug my shoulders or I can just very clearly see that's not about me that's about them Mm -hmm. there are other things that people can say that really find a home in my heart because they echo something that I am afraid is true or something that I think too, or something that, you know, mirrors something that I have heard when I was little, that kind of stuff. So those things are much more painful um, and they're much harder to shrug off. And I think those are the types of comments that I was afraid of back even before I started making videos. They were the types of comments that would have held me back from ever doing anything in the first place and they were not actual comments they were just fears inside my head of what people might say you know for example I have uh, big fears around people accusing me that I'm fake Um, because to me it's so it's being authentic is so important to me but obviously I have like a deep-seated fear of like what am I like am I actually authentic or am I just like towing the line trying to do things a certain way being a bit fake like capitalizing on my authenticity as if it's a sellable thing you know like those are some of my fears so if somebody came in and said you know oh you're so fake I think that might like that might knock me out a little bit um I don't know it hasn't happened yet so it's like I haven't had to deal with it I have to say that the fear of negative comments is way bigger than the amount of negative comments that you will ever receive I do receive a very small amount of negative comments but they are like minuscule compared to all the comments that I get of people who appreciate my content, who thank me for my content, who say that they relate to it, who who feel heard and who feel seen. And that kind of counts for a lot more. But that's not to say that when you do get the inevitable one nasty comment, it does it does hurt and it hurts disproportionately. You can get 100 nice ones and one nasty one. And it's the nasty one that you'll be thinking about. And I'm lucky that I have therapy and I will just say to my therapist oh my god I was so riled by this comment that I got tell me why I was so riled I don't want to be riled but tell you tell me why (laughs) I was so riled and you will have a really good insight about what button it pressed in me and then I'll be like oh yeah it's because the comment was blah 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 and and that just gives me more of an insight into myself and um it makes it less about like oh my god someone was nasty to me on the internet I have to say, one of the comments that stands out, or the type of comment that stands out, and that does rile me, I guess, the comment that I get most often, even though it's not often at all, is like people uh, uh, criticizing me for swearing. And this is a comment that I haven't had personally, but that I see other people getting, like where they're like, why did you have to bring politics into this? I was here, just here for your art, not for your politics or your opinion. <sighs> I'm like, really? You just really don't get it, do you? And in a way, I can kind of let it go because I kind of feel like, okay, well, that person just really doesn't get it. That person is here watching my videos somehow. I mean, not the political thing because i it's one of the things I find scary to share. I don't tend to share my political opinions. Um, But um, the thing about the swearing, I do occasionally swear. Um, And if that person is there to watch my video but isn't there for the person that I am, then they've missed the point of me and my videos really yeah so that in a way that helps me to then just move on and keep doing what i'm doing but it does influence me it does you know makes my little heart hurt when somebody doesn't like me because really i just want to be liked by everyone um and it's very it's a very hard thing to to realize that not everybody likes you
0: well i would like you more if you swore more so how's that that little will that influence you to swear
1: more? <laughs> I mean, I think at this point in time, I probably swear as much as I want to swear. So that's, the, yeah. You know,
0: and this is a, a, a segue. you said so many good things, but there was a person here in my house, my house, that is w- weird AF and also vulgar and all of these things. And I was swearing because I was so upset that the person was here as well. And I just didn't have time to like be a polite Polish wife. Uh, no offense to all the Polish people that are here. <laughs> and um, he said to me, you, we're not vulgar like you. And I said, oh, do you find me vulgar? And I was absolutely interested in this thing. And he was like, yes, this is vulgar. And I was like, okay. And then I, car- I just carried on with the thing. And I just thought, how dare you? You come into my space yeah. telling me bullshit. And because I dared to say dickhead, you, you couldn't... You couldn't like live with the, this thing that a woman would say these things. Tone
1: policing, tone policing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, tone policing goes on a lot, doesn't it, online? Uh, and I guess I'm just not, I'm just not not there for it. So.
0: Well, yeah. If you want to, like, as you know, I'm I I advocate for swearing. Um, I also advocate for fart sounds in your videos. <laughs> I also advocate for talking about uh any matters, especially fecal matters, mm-hmm. and I just. I understand what you're saying about this fear because I, as you were talking about your fears, the one fear I do have is that people find me irritating. And it comes from family, not from my my unit, my core unit, but the extended unit that became core. Mm -hmm. And that the problems I have now on social media, the fears that I have were actually realized very quickly. I clicked my fingers last year when all the things that I did fear to come from this... um, family unit came at once about me being unlovable, angry, but all of these wonderful, beautiful things that you said to me, you know who you are. And (laughs) I love that. I love that that happened because I had fear of it. And as soon as it happened, I was like, and I know not everybody's that way, but I wish sometimes that most of our fears would come true and you would realize that actually it's not such a big thing or that you can work through it or what actually hurts you yeah
1: the anticipation of the nasty comment is almost worse than the comment itself
0: that's why I wanted to encourage our listeners like when you said you fear that somebody would say that you're fake just go and say dear Iris you're fake but don't do that
1: oh that's so nasty Tamara you've <laughs> hurt me <laughs> you when you said you were fake
0: I was like what are you talking about you are so far the person that I speak to on a one-to-one basis and the person that I see on the internet of course some things are different I mean you're not folding laundry now but iris is iris man I mean surely you're a little bit different with your kids but I mean the person that I I am online is the person generally that I am in person because it takes so much of energy to be fake and to control yourself and to censor
1: being yourself is a lot less energy requiring
0: I'm so animated while I'm talking about this. It's like I'm fighting with someone. Yeah, you're
1: doing karate, like, to emphasize your point. I do
0: want to say thank you, though, for sharing your fears um, so openly and honestly, because it just makes me think about mine. And also, it's so nice to hear from somebody that I respect, like, what they fear and and, and what they don't or how they deal with it. And I think a lot of people do respect you as well. They don't respect me. It's fine. Of course they do. (laughs) But... (laughs) But it's, it's nice to hear that. And the other thing I wanted to say, because I'm going to forget it, and it's very important that I say it, Mm -hmm. is that reading the comments on your um, comment box or whatever, that is one of the things that inspired me to want to start like vlogging, because people are really there for the difference that you make or the things that you say, and I love it. And I want people to talk about me in a similar fashion.
1: Well, that's what your vlogs do for me. Like, I I love your vlogs. Like, oh my God, they make me... They are one of the few vlogs that make me laugh out loud multiple times in one vlog. And that's like, I appreciate that a lot. That's amazing.
0: Thank you. Uh, I'm blushing.
1: (laughs) That about wraps it up because like, oh my God, I thought this was going to be a short episode. And lo and behold, this was like a meaty episode in which we talked a lot about our feelings around social media so interesting if you have listened to this podcast
0: or is it too early to do an outro
1: no you can do an outro do you do cue the outro
0: <laughs> if you have listened all the way to the end of this podcast like share subscribe tell your friends comment share it on social media share it again put it on youtube what else is there Iris, MySpace. Facebook, do all the things. Make a TikTok about our podcast with our podcast in the TikTok. We are extremely grateful for your time. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the key takeaways.
1: Buckle up for your key takeaways because there are a few. Number one, there's a difference between the promise of social media or a nostalgic view of it and the reality of social media as it is today. Number two. Certain platforms offer more longevity than others. TikTok and Instagram reels are much more short-lived than videos on YouTube. Number three. Ask yourself how you interact with social media. What interactions do you remember and what interactions are meaningful to you? Number 4 reshare your creations. Don't think your creations are only valuable when they're new. Number five. Post at the time you can rather than waiting for the perfect moment and then never doing it. Number six. If you're not paying for something, then you are the product. Number seven. Social media platforms want to keep you there for as long as possible. Some content is much more easily consumed than what you are on the platform for to see. We can have a healthier relationship with social media if we are more aware of what we are there for and what we want out of it. Number eight. Rather than taking the social media metrics such as likes or followers as the yardstick, define for yourself what satisfaction or success on social media looks like. Number 9. Don't correlate your self-worth or the value of your art to how well you're doing on social media. Number 10. To prevent social media stealing your time, turn off all notifications. Yes, you are allowed to do this. Number 11. Curate your feed. You are allowed to only follow those that you want. You are not obligated to follow someone back. Number 12. The amount of advice on what and how you should and shouldn't share on social media is overwhelming and contradictory. At the end of the day, you are the only person who can decide what is right for you based on how you feel. Number 13. Sometimes the fear of criticism or negative comments is much worse and more influential than when it actually happens. The criticism we are most scared of is usually that which confirms our worst fears about ourselves or something that mirrors an old childhood wound. Thank you so much for being here and listening to episode 5. We hope that you had some interesting thoughts and insights about social media. If you found this episode interesting, please let us know what you thought. You can find us on social media. We hope you will join us next time for episode 6 called No Offence. Have a great week and you will hear from us soon.